Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. This is your host, Kathy Quillett, and I own Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am super passionate about reproductive and maternal mental health. And I love that you're here. I say it every time, and I mean it every time that I am honored that you would share this little corner of your week with me. Um, I hate how one-sided this is. I would love to hear your story. Um, Some of you I know, and for that, I'm so grateful. But for the rest of you, I wish that you were hanging out with me. I wish that you were hanging out with me in this space um, so that we could share a cup of coffee and get to know each other. And I could um, hear what brings you to this podcast. There's so much sensitivity around and so many different stories. I've been doing this work for so long. But one thing I know to be true is that no two stories are exactly the same. And so know that I approach this with as much sensitivity and um, compassion as I can uh, into this space. And today, what I want to talk about is something that might not affect everybody, but the principle um, can can help. So what I want to talk today about, maybe you read the title of this podcast and you're like, I don't really know what that means and I don't know if it pertains to me, but I am going to liken what we talk about today, this principle of milestones that you've maybe heard me talk about before in relationship to something else. Um, But I, even if you're not maybe in the middle of fertility treatments and you're wondering, I don't know if this really pertains to me, stick around before you make your decision of whether or not this pertains to you and you want to go, you know, listen to a murder mystery podcast or really uh, another podcast about something else that might tickle your fancy on the treadmill a little bit more this morning. So what I want to talk about today is kind of the land between beta draws. Now, a beta draw is something, it's a blood test that somebody would do on day 10 after an embryo transfer in IVF, day 14, um, after an IUI or a medicated cycle or Um, a cycle that just a doctor is monitoring a little bit. Um, So pregnancy tests after IVF usually involve this beta HCG test, and it measures the HCG levels in your blood. Again, this can be used in other ideas or in other ways for evaluating fertility options or assessing how things are really going. Um, I never did IUI or IVF because that wasn't an option in my story, but I did do beta draws for my recurrent miscarriage. My body didn't have a problem getting pregnant. My body was incapable of staying pregnant. And so we, um, had to do this beta draws monitored by our physician. So it's not just after, uh, a fertility treatment, but that is how for a lot of people listening, that is how you will, um, experience this. And so here's what this podcast is not today. I am not because listen, between, uh, beta draw. So you're going to do one and then 48 hours, you're going to do another one. And that number is supposed to double. So for those of you going through this, you are familiar with Dr. Google and all of the places that um, might pop up for you that say, 
this is what a good beta draw is. This is what a, a, a bad beta draw is. I remember um, experiencing uh, the first call getting a beta and going to Dr. Google myself and pacing in my living room. I remember just the angst and the anxiety and the overwhelming fear of uh, an anxiety of living between in the land between two beta draws. And so again, what this podcast is not today is it is not um, a medical uh, kind of document into what is a good or what is a bad beta. I'm not going to talk about safe numbers and statistics for survival for an embryo that might be low or what a really high beta draw might mean if you have multiples and if so, how many. Um, But what I think is really pertinent and regardless, because listen, what I tell my clients all the time is in the middle of this beta, we have no control. There's nothing else that we can do to add to contribute to a beta growing. There's nothing that we can do to add to the viability of the embryo. The embryo at that point is either attached to your uterus or it's not. And I say that with a giant hug. Okay. Because I know that's really painful. I've had it not, not be in the right place. It's also going to test if this embryo is viable and okay to at least continue journeying into the first trimester. Okay. So that beta will also determine if it's in the right place, this, this window. And it's also, that's what's going on during this period. So this beta draw is going to determine if the embryo is in the right place and if it has the viability to go into this first trimester And this first trimester, we all know, maybe if you haven't done infertility or pregnancy loss before, you have the naivety to keep going. But we all know the statistics of first trimester loss um, and what happens and why an embryo might not make it through that. That's not where I want to go today, okay? There is a 48-hour, maybe double that, because if your first beta is maybe a little bit low. We need it to double or get close to that in 48 hours. If that beta draw is not how the doctors want it to look, again, I'm not going to go over numbers. If that is not what they want to see, or if you have a history of it not rising, the doctor is going to want to do another beta draw 48 hours after that. Ideally having that little embryo that could um, double in that amount of time also. So being a mental health practitioner, being somebody who works in reproductive and maternal mental health. What I want us to talk about is how to manage our mental health, to manage our perspective during that either 48 hour window, um, or, you know, during that first chunk of time when you're really measuring that, that beta. Okay. However long your, your managing physician needs you to do that. So I mentioned the word milestone earlier, and if you've heard, um, if you listen to, because this was your season, I don't anticipate everybody listening to all of my podcasts, but hopefully you find something pertinent to you. Um, if you listen to the one about pregnancy after loss um, with Layton, who is on my team, love her. Gosh, I've been so serious for this podcast already. But what I want us to talk about is 
the idea of what I call a milestone. Now, a milestone is in a, in a pregnancy, especially a pregnancy after a loss, is something where I would say, because some people will say, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. You're having a baby. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm holding my breath. I'm just pregnant today. I cannot go all the way. And it's so easy. I remember all my clients almost unanimously say, like, you see the beta draw be, be decent or be good, or you see the pregnancy test test positive. And as a woman, you cannot stop your brain from being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to call it peanut. And we're finally going to get to use this name, this child's name that we've had. And I'm going to paint the nursery pink and it's going to have gray stripes and elephants. And when it comes home, this is the outfit I'm going to choose. And this is who I'm going to let into the hospital room. And I'm going to hire this doula because this person in my neighborhood hired this doula. And our brain just goes all the way like light years into the future. And the reality is, is that we are just not there. We are not in that point yet. But that one moment that we've been dreaming of this decent beta or this positive test says that we're pregnant. And so we are light years ahead of where we actually are. And so what I say is we need to collect milestones, okay? That first milestone that you might be at is a positive pregnancy test or that first beta draw that looks decent or great anywhere in that spectrum. And so we are not like going to put the car seat in the car. We are not planning our gender reveal party yet. If that's something that, that gets you all excited, we are going to live in the day completely in the emotion of that one day when you get that test result. We are not going to look forward and assign pain. We are not going to look forward and assign anxiety. We are just going to say, today is day 10. Today is day 14 of my cycle. I had a positive beta. I had a positive pregnancy test and I'm going to live all there. I might understand the reality that my next beta is in 48 hours and I am scared. Scared's fine. A little bit of anxiety is fine. We are going to try and temper the intrusive thoughts that are coming. The intrusive thoughts are the snowball of thoughts or emotions that might be taking control of us during that time. They are the thoughts that are saying the what ifs, the what if this happens, the what if I can't control this, the what if this ends bad, the what if whatever. We are going to live completely in the here and now. There are therapeutic treatment modalities about trying to get people to live in the present moment, to live in the here and now. I say that not because I'm doing therapy with you right now, but because if there's treatment modalities, it means it is hard to live in the here and now. So many people that even have to have a beta draw, it's not like, oh my gosh, we tried to start conceiving um, you know, this last cycle. And here we are. This is my first time doing this. By the time a lot of us even get to fertility treatments, by the time we have to have a medicated cycle, we have been in the weeds of infertility for maybe years. Maybe your diagnosis was a long time ago. There's a lot riding on this. So I know that by saying, y'all like, let's just collect milestones. You're like, chick, listen, it is where whatever office you're in right now, you have no idea 
the the pain and the angst and the anxiety and the horse blinders that I have had on for so long that have crippled me into counting seconds. I get it. Been there. I'm not you. I'm not going to try and say like, I know exactly what you're going through. Okay. We are going to try and take thoughts captive enough that we are not suffocated or drowned by this idea. Okay. We are going to just try and center ourselves. And how do we do that? Okay. We can do it with diaphragmatic breathing. That's in through the nose, filling up our our abdomen. There are lots of videos on this on YouTube. If you go to Google, if you're a client of mine, let's talk about diaphragmatic breath because it's super, super important as an override system to the fight or flight system, which may be um, causing you to live in a heightened state of arousal that trauma does. And again, we go back to calling infertility reproductive trauma. So you might very well be probably are at a very heightened state of arousal. That means you're hypervigilant, you're irritable, you're extra emotional, especially if you have fertility drugs in you. The hormonal overdrive that you're experiencing might feel like I can't balance myself because I don't know myself right now. And if that's where you are, okay, I get it. It's hard. We are going to find stuff. We're not just going to live in the here and now. We're going to try and find stuff that is going to calm us down. Okay. Diaphragmatic breath is something that we can do. Think of a kindergarten classroom when all the kids are going bonkers. I don't know if you're a teacher and maybe it's not just kindergartners, but the idea of when I was studying for my licensing exam, I was a substitute, substitute teacher. And when the class gets riled up, and everybody's like talking over each other. A teacher is not beneficial. It is not beneficial for her to yell over because then kids are going to try and get louder than her. Think of this as it, as it pertains to kind of this um, hyper state of arousal that you might be experiencing. You can't override it by saying, self, shut up, or just trying to be like, why aren't you calm enough? What a kindergarten teacher does is she turns out the lights and whispers, okay? She'll say, okay, class, what I need everybody to do is go to your desk calmly and put away whatever it is that we've been doing. And then I want you to go to the mat and sit crisscross and wait for the next set of instructions. I really hope you could hear me say that. But if we're able to, when we feel overwhelmed, over anxious, over hormonal, if we can just take a step down and say, okay, I'm going to go lay in my bed for 30 minutes in the air conditioning and I'm going to watch a movie or a show I've watched a thousand times and I'm just going to breathe and then I am going to go back and do whatever I need to do with this anxiety between and the land between two betas, or really, uh, this is a skill that you can take obviously through the rest of your pregnancy into parenthood into life. Okay. This is pertinent to everything. I'm just likening this, as I said earlier to this, what I'm calling the land between two betas. Okay. Another thing that you can do is enlist your support system. If anybody else is knowing that you're doing these beta draws or they don't need to, but you can just say, 
during this time, whether explicitly to your friends or really covertly, enlist the support of people to distract you. Maybe it's not a girl's trip because of what's going on in your uterus and you might want to stay close to home just for your own mental health, but it can be like, let's meet for coffee. Let's go to brunch. Let's go to the farmer's market on Saturday. Let's go get our nails done. I'm going to go get my hair done. Well, maybe you're not going to go get your hair done because chemicals, right? But I'm going to go do something with a girlfriend, with a husband. I always tell people bookend something after your beta draw. Do it with friends that might know what's going on after in case it's really successful. Okay. Cause that's yay. Then we're going to hang out with our friends and this is great. But also if it's friends that know what's going on, then you have an escape hatch where you can be like, listen, I don't actually want to go because here's what's going on. I want to be able to celebrate. I want you to be able to catch me if things really get hard but I might want to stay home or I might just want to celebrate with my husband. So you guys come up with a potential like plan B and we're going to come up with a potential plan B. If you have friends that you can enlist to do that with you. Okay. So we're planning things that are going to be really great for us. When I meet with clients and I'm like, they're like, so what's my homework? I don't always give homework, but sometimes I do. And I'm like, I need you to plan something fun. They look at me like, well, that doesn't seem therapeutic. But it does, especially in this idea of reproductive mental health, because if I've said once, I've said it a hundred times, we become so laser focused on what's going on with our cycle that we forget that we're a woman. We forget that we have hobbies and there's, there's things that we enjoy and that maybe I like to do other things other than focus so intently on what's going on with my cycle or infertility or fertility treatments or whatever. So we're going to go have some fun. We're going to plan that trip. We're going to do something that makes us happy clap and be super giddy and love life. Whatever that is for you, let's go plan something and live there because it is a super important therapeutic intervention to say, let's get you out of all the hard and let's invest in something in your life that also brings you joy and excitement and passion because next is pregnancy and then it's parenthood. And what are we, what are we working on right now that is going to sustain us into parenthood and pregnancy for that matter? And the postpartum period, which let's just be honest, is incredibly hard. It's one of the hardest transitions. You might be thinking, I've been in infertility forever. I would love postpartum and baby snuggles and whatever. It's one of the hardest transitions that a young couple can go through. So now equipping yourself for that period is super important. Speaking of that, if your beta continues to be good, I hate to throw a commercial in here, but um, even if you're not in Tennessee, we're offering a bringing home baby class through Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. There are virtual options. Our first one, I believe, is July 21st. You can sign up for that on our website. It's only $45. You only have to come once. And you get materials and all of these things that are going to help you bring a baby home. Think birth class, but for your mental health prep for actually bringing the baby into your home. Um, and so, yeah, we have spent hours and hours and days and weeks and months actually preparing for this. So it's going to be super great. Um, so with the beta, we are going to live in the present. 
we are going to collect milestones. I don't think I did the wraparound of a milestone. So we're going to live completely there just to revisit this idea of milestone. So we're going to live completely here saying, I am going to live present in the milestone, the success of, or the waiting period of this uh, land between two betas, right? And then tomorrow or in 48 hours, if my beta is good again, if it's doubled, you might think, okay, well, what now if baby doesn't have a heartbeat? What if baby does have a heartbeat? Then what? The next milestone we're going to collect is the next successful beta draw. And then we're going to collect the milestone of a heartbeat. Again, we're not going to put the car seat in the car, but we're going to celebrate the fact that baby has a heartbeat. And then the next milestone might be the next ultrasound in eight to 10 weeks. And that's going to be super exciting. And if baby has a heartbeat again, woohoo! it's going to be amazing. And you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to live completely there. Each subsequent milestone, as you start to collect them successfully, is going to feel a little bit less overwhelming, especially as maybe you get to the milestone out of the first trimester, ultrasound in the second, then you get to the anatomy scan, and then you get to viability at 24 weeks. Each milestone is going to be great. If you lost a pregnancy later in um, pregnancy, then collecting these milestones, you might be holding your breath a little bit longer, unfortunately, until you can get past the milestone of where you lost your pregnancy last time. And if that's you, you're going to need to extend yourself a whole lot more grace because this waiting period until you get to take that breath and maybe it's welcoming your baby into your arms, earth side here successfully at, after a healthy pregnancy. That might be when you're able to breathe. That milestone might be the only one that's going to offer you a release and um, yeah, just the peace to know everything's okay. So we're collecting these milestones. We're living in the here and now. We are eliciting the support of people around us. We're, we're, investing in, and I don't just mean financially, we're planning also um, things that are going to uh, bring us joy, hobbies that make us happy clap and get super giddy um, and really love the life that we have outside of infertility. And if it continues to work, then we're going to TennesseeReproductiveTherapy.com and in investing $45 into the bringing home baby class, which I can tell you is worth way more than $45, but we want it to be affordable and accessible to um, as many people as it can be. So I, I know that this land between betas is complicated and um, I just honor that for you. And if I can be of support or point you to a support system in your area, then I am happy to do that. Um, know that Tennessee Reproductive Therapy holds space for and is um, able to help all those in the middle of infertility, pregnancy, loss, pregnancy, postpartum, and adoption. And um, if this um, is something that we can help you with inside of Tennessee, and we would love to do that. We can point you in the right direction outside of Tennessee also. So if you're in Bismarck, North Dakota, or Anchorage, Alaska, or something like that, and you're like, I don't know where my people are, let me help you find them. I would be honored to do that for you. So I hope that you have a great week. I hope that you had an excellent 4th of July. I hope you loved the podcast with Kyla and Stephanie Mae Wilson and um, 
yeah, I hope that you all have a great week and I hope that you go out and thrive. Bye y'all.